I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, former college professor turned manager in a large corporation turned entrepreneur. And not just any entrepreneur. I've made it my life's work to make organizational life more effective and fulfilling. So welcome to Working Conversations, the podcast where we digest and translate research and ideas on workplace dynamics and serve up to you the most interesting and actionable strategies to make your workplace conversations and your relationships more effective, productive, and influential. If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Working Conversations podcast, where we talk all things leadership, business communication, and trends in organizational life. I'm your host, Dr. Janelle Anderson. Many people mistakenly believe that they can multitask. What neuroscientists have been telling us for years, however, is that the human brain is a single processing system and that our brains are not set up to multitask. Instead, when you think you're multitasking, the brain is actually switching rapidly between tasks. The switching taxes the brain and has long-term negative effects on our ability to focus, even when we are trying to focus on just one thing. And what's more, The people who think they are the best at so-called multitasking are actually the worst at it. The cognitive neural building blocks and systems that our brains are built on do not support being able to do more than one thing at a time that requires any degree of cognitive load or attention. Our brains are, in fact, wired to receive lots of stimuli all at once, but related stimuli. When people attempt to multitask, It's typically a bunch of unrelated stimuli coming at them all at once. Think of answering your email during a work meeting. When we attempt to multitask, we miss other important things. In one study on people's ability to multitask, people were walking down the street while either talking on their cell phones or walking down the street without being on the phone. Those who were on their phone ran into other people regularly and tended not to notice what was going on around them. The researchers had someone in a clown suit riding a unicycle cross their paths, and those who were talking on their mobile phones were far more likely to not notice or remember the clown compared with the control group who were not talking on their phones. Cal Newport, a professor of computer science at MIT, makes the comparison between a multiprocessing computer, which can indeed do multiple things at the same time, to the human brain, which is in fact not a multiprocessing system. He notes, quote, when you switch your brain to a new thread, a whole complicated mess of neural activity begins to activate the proper subnetworks and suppress others. This takes time. When you then rapidly switch to another thread, that work doesn't clear instantaneously like electrons emptying from a circuit, but instead lingers causing conflict with a new task. To make matters even worse, the idle threads don't sit passively in memory, waiting quietly to be summoned by your neural processor. They're instead an active presence and pulling at your attention, end quote. Newport's book, Deep Work, which I will link up in the show notes, explains how all of the multitasking and the constant interruptions from technology in our lives are destroying our ability to get into a state of deep focus and do work or thinking that requires an extended period of concentration. According to Dr. Jennifer Davis, a clinical neuropsychologist and a professor 
Psychiatry at Brown University, quote, multitasking makes us more distractible and prone to errors. For example, individuals rated as high media multitaskers, that is the number of hours using multiple devices simultaneously, such as watching TV while also using a smartphone or a tablet, those folks showed poorer attention on cognitive tasks. Those individuals had to use more of their brain to complete the same task compared to low multitaskers. When you need to recruit more of your brain to complete a task, it means your brain is working less efficiently, end quote. So counter to what most people think, multitasking actually makes you less efficient, not more efficient. Incidentally, she also says that people who attempt to multitask a lot are more stressed and more susceptible to anxiety and depression. So why does this occur? Well, it's something that's known as switch cost. It's a reduction in performance, accuracy, or speed that occurs when the brain has to stop one task and start up another. Research in this area has documented for years that there's a huge cost from switching from one thing to another. People almost always take longer to complete tasks, and they complete tasks with more errors when they're switching or thinking that they're multitasking compared with when they only do one thing at a time. Neuroimaging of the brain shows that when people try to multitask, it requires more neural processing. In functional MRIs, different parts of the brain light up, and when they watch people on a functional MRI trying to multitask, they see all these different parts of the brain lighting up, and it's just taking a lot of cognitive power to try to do it. So essentially, it takes more bandwidth. When you switch from one thing to another and then back, when you get back, your brain has to reassemble where you were on that task, including all the little details. Reacquainting yourself with all of those contextual elements that are required for you to continue with the task, well, this takes time. And we don't recognize the extent to which we're doing this. The cost goes up even more when we're working on things that are particularly complicated or work that is unfamiliar to us. And in those cases, it takes the brain even longer to make the adjustments. According to a University of California Irvine study, quote, it takes an average of 23 minutes and 15 seconds to get back on task, end quote, after an interruption. Let's break this down further by looking at the primacy of task. Because the brain is a single task system, one task is always going to be the primary task and other things that you're doing or trying to do at the same time are secondary tasks. So sure, you can fold laundry and watch television. That's because the secondary task, presumably folding the clothes, does not take much cognitive load and you can focus more of your attention, most of your attention, in fact, on the primary task, presumably watching TV. But if you're trying to answer your email while you're in a Zoom meeting at work, both of those tasks are vying for primacy to be the primary task and your brain can't do both at once. You undeniably will miss things in the meeting and you will be more than likely to make mistakes in the email as well. By some research accounts, multitasking hampers productivity by 40%. Others say it's as great as 60%. Now, driving and listening to the radio or a podcast would be a good example of looking at the primary task versus the secondary task. If you're traveling a familiar route, the podcast or whatever you're listening to is probably the primary task and the drive is a secondary task. But if you 
encounter a detour and you have to think more than usual about where you're going, you're more than likely to miss something in what you're listening to because driving has now switched to become the primary task, at least while you're making a turn on an unfamiliar road or whatever it is that the detour is having you do. The podcast then has moved to the secondary task and you're not giving as much attention to it, so it's easy to miss things. Clifford Nass, a professor of communication at Stanford who has researched extensively on the effects of multitasking, including the role that screens like mobile phones, tablets, laptops, TVs, etc., play on our ability to stay focused, says we are suffering from an epidemic of multitasking. In one of his studies, he analyzed the behavior of hundreds of participants, dividing them into groups based on the number of things they tried to do at once, or multitask. The people who were the most addicted to multitasking had a hard time paying attention to important information. Here's how the study went down. Participants were shown a screen that was displaying some red arrows and some blue arrows. The instructions were to count the red arrows. In the experiment, the goal was always to count the red arrows. With each subsequent image the participants saw on the screen, things got a bit more complex with more and more blue arrows potentially distracting the participants. The participants who were habitual multitaskers were slower and made more mistakes in counting the red arrows than those who did not multitask as much. Now, what's really funny about this study is that the number of red arrows remained the same on every image the participants saw on the screen. They just moved around to different positions. Participants' brains were trained to pay attention to everything all at once, and they had a hard time giving any additional focus to the things that were the most important, in this case, the red arrows. Fascinating. This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy, or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. Now, back to the show. Okay, so I think we've established that we humans can't multitask. But our society asks us to. And in fact, even in job descriptions, many job descriptions ask for people to have good multitasking skills. It's ridiculous. Okay, but so what can we do about it? We know that we can't multitask, but how can we better single task? How can we best look out for our brain health and do better work and be more productive? Well, here are several strategies, all backed by research, that will help you refrain from multitasking, feel better, and be more productive. Number one, plan your day and prioritize your tasks. When you have a game plan to follow, you will be more inclined to do what you've scheduled for yourself rather than scatter your attention across whatever comes in front of you. This takes some discipline. 
but it's a highly effective method for stopping multitasking. Number two, set a timer to create focus time. Research shows that we can concentrate for 20 minutes at a time, at least. Some of us can concentrate for longer than that, but 20 minutes at a time. So during that 20 minutes or 25 minutes, however much time you want, just do the one thing that you're focusing on. Turn off your email, put your phone on do not disturb, close your door if you have an office door so that you don't get interruptions from outside noise and so forth. So set a timer and create that focus time for yourself. Number three, process email at designated times during the day, not constantly throughout the day. Now, socialize this idea with your boss and your team and maybe your customers too, especially if you have a reputation for being highly responsive on email, just so that they know what you're up to and they don't think you're slacking off. Because when you start to process your email at set times during the day, you become much more efficient, not only at processing your email, but also at everything else you're doing when you're not processing email. So if you still have the alert on your email, dinging or buzzing or beeping, whether that's on your screen or on your mobile phone, turn those things off because those interruptions distract you and tempt you to multitask. Number four, batch your tasks. Whether it's email or some other task, group similar tasks into chunks of time and do them all at once. For example, you could make or return multiple phone calls in a one chunk of time. You could read and answer your emails during another chunk of time, and you could pay bills during yet another chunk of time. When you group those like tasks together, it helps your brain stay focused and then keeps those tasks from things that would tempt you to multitask when you're doing other things. Number five, schedule blank space. Counter to what you might think, doing nothing actually makes you more productive. Research on creativity tells us that the prefrontal cortex, the part of our brain that is best at creativity and problem solving, needs blank space or time that's not scheduled in order to put ideas together and solve problems effectively. You might go for a walk or just stare off into space to give your prefrontal cortex the rest that it needs to work as effectively as possible. And this really should come as no surprise. People who work hourly jobs are always given breaks where they're not expected to work, but rather to rest. And the salaried among us would do well to do the same. And number six, start a meditation practice. Just a few minutes a day of meditation increases the alpha waves in your brain. Alpha waves are the waves of relaxation, visualization, and creativity. Alpha waves are typically produced in the brain in bursts, but meditators' brains will often produce longer periods of active alpha waves, resulting in a relaxed yet wakeful state of awareness. So there you have it, six specific things that you can do to reduce the likelihood that you will multitask. Number one, plan your day and prioritize your tasks. Number two, set a timer to create focus time. Number three, process email at set times during the day. Number four, batch your tasks. Number five, schedule blank space. And number six, start meditating.
All right, as for me, I am certainly a work in progress. I know that the brain is a single tasking machine. I remind my executive coaching clients and my keynote speaking clients of this regularly. I teach it in several of my programs, especially hitting it hard in classes that I teach on holding more effective meetings. Single task, single task, single task, I say. And still, I am far from perfect. I do know that when I batch my tasks, when I check my email only on a set schedule, when I map out my work week and my work day, and when I keep up with my meditation practice, I am much more able to focus, to be productive, to be creative, and generally to enjoy my life more. I will be the first to tell you that it takes discipline, but it's the kind of discipline that will set you free. I spoke about this idea back in episode 112, how to waste less time and have more freedom, when I talked about something called preventative discipline, a kind of discipline that allows you to take control of your time and prioritize your tasks effectively. If you haven't listened to that episode, go check it out. It's a great companion to this episode. All right. If you thought you were a good multitasker, I hate to break the news to you. You're not. All of the evidence points to the contrary. I want to leave you with this challenge. Single task. Single, single, single task. Even when researching for this podcast, it was challenging for me to single task. I kept wanting to check my email. I kept wanting to look at my smartphone. I kept wanting to do just about anything but keep researching and pulling my notes together for this podcast. I, in fact, resorted to using the Pomodoro technique, which I discussed way back in episode four when I gave you hacks for staying focused when working from home. And the Pomodoro technique, if you're not familiar with it, Pomodoro being the Italian word for tomato, is to use a kitchen timer, or you can use the timer on your mobile phone if you promise yourself not to get distracted with your mobile phone, but you set a timer for a certain number of minutes. And the traditional Pomodoro technique method is 25 minutes of very focused task work. And then once that 25 minute timer goes off, you set the timer again for five minutes. And in that five minutes, you rest or do something very different from what you were doing. And then you come back to the original task, set the timer for another 25 minutes. Now, as for me, I find that the interval of 27 minutes on working on the task and then three minutes off doing something other than the task, usually I get up out of my seat, I stretch, I walk around uh, my home office, maybe get a glass of water or a cup of coffee, something like that, a little bit of movement in my day. And then I sit back down after that three minute timer goes off and work for another 27 minutes. So I definitely did that quite a number of times as I was pulling the notes for this episode together. It is such a helpful technique. So my big throwdown challenge for you this week is to single task. Maybe you start small and you say, okay, I'll batch my email. I'll batch my email. And maybe from there, you add one more thing that you're going to single task on, or you batch some of your other tasks, or you put your phone on do not disturb while you're getting your focus work done. But that is my challenge to you for this week. See if you can't just incrementally start to single task just a little bit more and hold off from the temptation of trying to multitask. When you're in a meeting, just do the meeting. When you're answering your email, just 
answer your email. All right, my friends, drop me a line on social media and let me know how it's going for you. Again, I was straight with you telling you how I am a work in progress and this is challenging. It is not hard, but it is indeed a challenge. Now, remember, the future of work is not only about technology, it's about the values we uphold, the communities we build, and the sustainable growth that we strive for. We need to keep exploring, keep innovating, and keep envisioning the remarkable possibilities that lie ahead. As always, my friends, stay curious, stay informed, and stay ahead of the curve. Tune in next week for another insightful exploration of the trends that are shaping our professional world. Until then, my friends, be well. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is Working Conversations.